Magandang umaga po sa inyong lahat. Happy Thanksgiving. I don't know with you, but uh, we had a blast over the weekend. We went to Big Bear <clears throat> thinking that it's going to be all white. But we went sunbathing. We were all wrapped up. You know, but there was no disappointment. There was no grumbling. There was a lot of thanksgiving. And, um, you know, truly and honestly, um, this was something that we experienced. Happy Thanksgiving. And we remember the goodness of God. I hope you did too. Um, we had lots of food, great company, great fellowship. And most of all, why are you laughing? I was awarded the Jenga King of the Weekend. Okay? You know what Jenga is? Right? That, that game where you just keep going up and up and up and up. Those of you who don't know the game, you better try it. You know why I was so thankful that uh, I was, in spite of me being me, I was declared the Jenga King because pasmado po ako You know? My hands are trembling every time I, I, I do it. But, you know... There was a, a real challenge by, by, there she goes, she keeps laughing, she keeps laughing, okay? And she lost, by the way, and to this day, I am the Jenga king, okay? Now, uh, I, I was taking a look at all the pictures of Thanksgiving, and this is a common picture that you see. It says, a time for thanks. And what do you see around it? Good things, right? Food, pumpkins. Picture of what? Picture of misery, Mike? No, a picture of what? Blessings, goodness, abundance. Here's another picture. It says a time for gratitude. A time for gratitude. Thanksgiving and gratitude are one and the same. And if you take a look at the pictures associated that the world created about Thanksgiving, it's not bad. It's all about what? Good things. Blessings. And oftentimes, it is associated with these words. Goodness and graces were received. You know, here in America, they celebrate Thanksgiving because, I guess, the, they call it the founders, okay, had a rough time when they came to America. And all of a sudden, they experienced abundance and blessing because they felt that God was with them. That's why they started celebrating Thanksgiving. That's the way the world knows it today. And it says, a time. You know, it's as if, it's as if it only happens once in a while. You know, the world pictures it as, hey, if it's November, if it's the last, week of, last, last Thursday of, of November, we should all give thanks. And that's what we practice. Nothing wrong with that. But somehow, I feel like there's something missing. You know, um, in fact, Thanksgiving is so good, I would like to share with you something about it that I hope you don't miss. And this morning, promise me, promise me, be alert. I want you to see something so obvious, but you've missed all these years. I have an expression that I really like so much. This expression is this. So near, yet so far. I'm almost there, but not quite there. And uh, I, want you to, I want you to see that for yourself this morning. That as far as Thanksgiving is concerned, we are so near, yet so far. So I want you to be alert. The other word that I don't like is almost. I almost made it. It's not quite it. And I hope that this morning, this message will speak to you as it spoke to me. Thanksgiving, a time for gratitude, it says. Let's consider all sayings of great people about being thankful. And I want you to see how awesome being thankful and being grateful is. And this morning, I hope that you see how so near you are, yet so far. And you will come out of this place saying, boy, 
This is one of the clearest message on Thanksgiving that I've ever heard because it comes from experience of people who really have been grateful and thankful. Look what Gilbert Chesterton say. When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. How true. Sig Siglar, you know, how many of you know this person? If you're a realtor, you know this person. They are what? They are inspirational speakers, right? Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions, he says. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. Doris Day. This is the favorite uh, actress of my father-in-law. She's so young. Gratitude is riches. Complaint is what? Poverty. Ooh. Dante Rossetti. The worst moment for the atheist is when he is really thankful and has nobody to thank for. <laughs> How sad. This one I really like. I don't even know him. Melody Beatty, but I really like what, he, what, what this person says. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. Wow. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, whoa, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Don't you like that? And what's the key? The key is what? Gratitude, gratitude. That's why, you know, every time, every time Thanksgiving or a picture of gratitude is shown, it is always a picture of goodness, graces, and abundance. Because thankfulness, truly and honestly, is usually tantamount to blessings, abundance, goodness, and graces. Now my question is this. If such is gratefulness, should we not be always thankful? Jackie? I see Jackie here. If, if such is gratefulness, if it's a picture of abundance, goodness, and graces, I think we should remove the word time there for gratefulness, right? Because gratefulness should be what? A way of life. Gratefulness should be something that we should be doing. Because I'd like to be thankful because it's associated with a lot of blessings, wouldn't you? I would want to do that myself. I just won't be thankful on Thanksgiving or when good things happen to me. I want you to think about that. So near, yet so far. Thankful people are happy people. You know, you don't say thank you and look like this, right? Sabi niya, thank you. Sabi niya, thank you, ha? Hu, hu, hu. Okay. You know, Thankful people are happy people. If I look at your faces today and you, you, you've been to something great, you'd be very happy. Why do you look happy? Oh, I'm thankful to God because a lot of things happened over the weekend. You won't believe it. Just talk to Peter. Peter Lucero and Jenny. They had a wonderful weekend, I heard. Right? So much to be grateful for. If you want to know what, that hap what happened, talk to them. But look at, look at him. He's just so beaming with joy because of what, what happened. There's a lot of blessings. My question is this, so near yet so far. How come we are not always thankful? I mean, of course, you can be honest. Come on, Danny Nomani, you know, nobody's always thankful. You know, yeah, really, but believe me, believe me, you're missing a lot. You don't understand the value of thankfulness until you become grateful always, all the time. If thankfulness means being happy and blessed, Denise, shouldn't we be thankful every time? Diba? How come our thankfulness is conditional and depends only on the blessings and the goodies we received. 
Are they will still be grateful if Joy says, Enough. Enough. I'm leaving you. Ooh, you know. Of course. You would expect that Ardy would say, are you crazy? How can I say thank you in that situation? I want you to think. I want you to think. When no blessings are received or expectations do not happen as we, as we, as we look at our lives, we sulk and even grumble. Why? Why? Why are we not always thankful? I'd like to submit to you because we are naturally, look at each other and say, you are naturally ungrateful. Uh, uh, June, tell, tell Wilma, you're naturally ungrateful. <laughs> Given our selfish nature. You may not agree, okay? You may not agree. But the sooner, the sooner you know who you are and who God is, the sooner you will understand how you get rid of this so near yet so far situation and break through. The reason why we are naturally not grateful or thankful in everything is because I can only please one person per day. Today I choose me. Because we are naturally selfish people. What about this? It's all about me. Deal with it, okay? It's all about me. Deal with it. You know, you're laughing, but you don't know that's who you are. That's who we are most of the time without knowing it. We are thankful only when there are blessings and many good stuffs around us, especially when the diamond ring comes, especially when all of the great things, the gifts comes. You're always grateful. Otherwise, we grumble and we complain. Deal with it. That's our nature. We give thanks. We are grateful only when there are blessings all around us. The moment you take that away, the default system kicks in. And we say, why me? Can you explain how life gave us lemons? Right? Kambal pa, lemon pa. You know, when life is a problem, when life doesn't look the way it should be, how do you deal with it? When you lose your job, when your spouse says, enough, I'm leaving you. Or when you get sick, you get hit by something that you never expected. How do you react? Of course, because of our nature, we complain. Everybody's like that. Why do you pretend as if, as if we're dealing with life the wrong way? No, I know that's how people deal with life, but I'm trying to give you a perspective this morning and I'm going to share with you from experience how we will be able to go and break through what I consider so near yet so far as far as gratefulness is concerned. When life is tough, will you, stay, will you still say thank you? Or will you fight back in anger and bitterness and give people around you the trouble? How do you deal with the challenges of life? Do you get toxic? Do you make it hard for people around you just because life is not good to you? I hope not, especially if you're Christians. When life gives you lemons, freeze them, throw them as hard as you can at the people making your life difficult, okay? <laughs> oh my goodness, well, that's what we do most of the time. <clears throat> is this being grateful? No way, that's not being grateful. Look at this, complaint department, please take a number. You know, unconsciously, unconsciously, if we're not grateful, that's how we look, right? And I hope that this is not the way we see each other, especially here in CCF. Simangot, no? Dear God, thanks for this beautiful life and forgive me if I don't love it enough. Ungrateful na ungrateful, ano? That's why this morning, I'd like to remind you, 
that God commands us to be thankful always. Not only on Thanksgiving Day, not only as what Pastor Insong asked, are you done giving thanks? No. Let's give thanks to God always. He commands that. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We all know this. We've heard this time and time again. But this morning, I would like us to break through. I promise you. I would like you to be able to say, no, no longer so near yet so far. I see it now. And I'm going to be thankful every single moment of my life. But there are conditions. There are things that you need to realize to make this happen. Otherwise, you are going to miss it all over again. And you're going to say, almost. I was almost there, but not quite there. I don't want you to experience that. What does, what does in everything mean for you? Always, right? In everything. Uh, if bad things happen, if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, if it's going to be a bad hair day, will you still give thanks? I hope so. But many of us are not wired that way because we are naturally not thankful. You know why God commands us to give thanks in every day, in every day of our life and always? Because God wants us to realize that being thankful is beyond material graces, abundance, and blessings. You see that? The reason why God wants you to say thank you in everything is God wants you to see beyond, beyond what you see as blessing, graces, and abundance. Why? Because we're only grateful based on the blessings. And God sees that and wants to change that. I am guilty of that. Aren't you? Mamaya lang, pag naubusan ka ng pagkain, tingnan ko anong mangyayari. Kulang na kulang yung pagkain dito. Bigay pa naman ako ng bigay, lakalaki ng tight ko. Tingnan natin, okay, anong mangyayari. No, I want you to see beyond the blessing. Okay, I want you to see na kahit walang pagkain, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Because God wants us to see it that way for a reason. And that reason, I want you to discover this morning. Warren Worsby says, If life is to have meaning, and if God's will is to be done, all of us have to accept who we are and what we are. Right? Who we are we and what we are. We are naturally selfish people. That's who we are. And that's what we are. We need to learn to accept that, guys. Because if you don't learn to accept that, you will never be able to break through. Give it back to God, he said, and thank him for the way he made us. What I am is God's gift to me. What I do is, and what I do with it is my gift to him. You know, after hearing all of this, don't you just want to be thankful? I still don't get it, Danny. I still don't get it. You know, I, I want you to see it's all about him. It's all about God. And it's not about us. If you want to be thankful always, you got to see that it's all about him and not about us. The reason why we're not thankful, Adrian, is... You always think about Doki. <laughs> you always think about yourself. You don't think of the things that, that is really all about God. See, God wants us to look at the giver, him, and not the given goodies. Yeah, but I'm looking at God. But in spite of that, I'm still not grateful. You're missing something. You're so near, yet so far is what I'm saying. I want you to take a look at the giver. I want you to know who the giver is and not the goodies that he's giving you. 
Being grateful all the time goes beyond the goodies. God wants us to know him as God, the creator and maker, and we are the created and the subjects. He is God, we're not. And being thankful always is only possible if we know our God. If we know our God. We of all people should have no problems with this, right? Because we know God very well. Right, Pastor I? Where's Pastor I? Okay. There, okay? You know, here in CCF, we're looking at Knowing God series. And this morning, we're going to continue with it. But this time, in the light of what? Making all of us what? Grateful and thankful people always. Mike, do you want to be always thankful? Uh, depends. If Paula is good to me. Depends if my job is okay. No, 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 no. That's not what God is saying. We want you to be thankful because I want you to concentrate on the giver. Him and not on the goodies that you receive. And the moment you understand who God is and who He is and who we are, you will break through. I promise you. Knowing God series, we learn that God is almighty and sovereign. Amen? He's in control. We learn that God knows all about you. And if God knows all about you, there's nothing to worry about. Ardi, okay? And God is everlasting. This was preached to you. And then just last week, Somebody, a handsome gentleman, preached that God is just right here, right? Say thank you to him. Oh, thanks to you. He's looking at him, okay? This morning, I want to talk about this. We sang about this, and I thank you for the choir. I thank you for the song. We call it the choir? No. We call it the worship team. And, 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 and they sang exactly what I was going to talk about. And I said, God, I didn't even talk to them, and you know... You really want me to talk about this message. This morning, I'm going to talk about the God. God is the Romans 8.28 and the 1 Peter 5.5 5 God. Okay? God is the Romans 8.28 and the 1 Peter 5.5 5 God. And that's what I want you to know about this God so that you will always be grateful and thankful in everything, not only when the goodies and the blessings come. Be thankful always and in everything. Remember I showed you this? I want to tweak this and change this forever. First, I'm going to show you that if we take a look at the Romans 8.28 God and the 1 Peter 5.5 God, you will see the goodness of God. You will see the goodness of God, but I will change this and replace this with everyday thanksgiving. I don't want to call it you know, happy or a time for Thanksgiving. I would like to call it everyday Thanksgiving. And I don't want you to remember the goodness of God. I want you to know the goodness of God. See the difference? I would like you to see that Thanksgiving is every day and you're going to do that only if and only if you know in your heart the goodness of God. And that's why I want to talk about the Romans 8.28 God. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you like that phrase? God will cause all things to work together for good. Seriously, do you like that phrase? You know, are there any things in your life right now that are not quite working well? Everybody's okay. I, I don't know with you, but I do have. I've been a pastor for quite some time, and I, God has been so good to me, but in my heart and in my life, I still have some things that God wants to fix. Are you in the same boat as I am? Yes. And if God says, the God who made us, the God of the universe, the creator, the giver, and everything says, hey, Timmy, I will make all things work together for good. You already are a very successful person, but I still have so many things to make all things work together for good for you. Do you want that? Yes. Of course I want that. And that's the God who promises that he will make all things work together for good. Young people, you have the life ahead of you. You have it so good because you have loving parents who take care of you. Sophia, right? 
Your parents love you so much. But you see, what if your parents go? What if God takes away your parents? One time, they were on a flight to New York and then the plane crashed. What do you do? You know, all of a sudden, your life before you crumbles. Or, you know, you're, 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 you're single and you're turning 45. <coughs> and you're looking for Mr. Prince Charming and he's there right next to you but he's not responding and you ask God, God, why are things like this? Why are not things working together for good in my life? God, can you really make all things work together for good in my life? The answer is yes. But how come, Lord, how come mine is not good enough? How come mine is not happening? Because you're missing something. You're missing something. You don't believe in your heart that God can make all things work together for good. Or worse, there is something about this verse that you don't know that you need to know so that it applies to you. Right? That's the Romans 8.28, God. I want to talk about the first Peter 5, 5 God. The first Peter 5, 5 God says, For God opposes the proud, but gives what? Gives grace to the humble. I'm so humble. My wife's grace. I'm not talking about that. You know, I don't know why God gave grace to me, but I would like to believe that there's a special reason. But the Bible says, God gives grace. You know what grace is? Kagandang loob na, you don't deserve. Right? Goodness. God will cause all things to work together for good. Wow, that's something else. And then he adds, I want to give grace to you. You know what grace is? Favor and merits you don't deserve. If this is the God who made everything and who created you and one who runs the universe and his plan is to make all things work together for good and he wants to give you grace, why can't we say thank you all the time? Something is wrong, isn't it? We're missing something. You know what we're missing? What we're missing is the conditions that God requires before he can make all things work together for good and before he can give grace to you. Just because you said it, it's not going to be automatically yours. And this morning, I want you to break through. God, I want to understand this. I want to be happy. I want to be blessed. I want to say thank you, no matter what, because of you and not because of what you're giving to me. God wants us to know him as the source of goodness and grace. Say amen. amen. He wants to give you goodness and he wants to give you grace. But he wants, and he wants to shower us with this abundantly, believe me. If you're a father or a mother, if you are parents, don't you just like to bless your children? Parents, come on, look at me. Right? Asan si parin Butch? Butch, okay. My brother Butch, I wish he was my father because I know he blesses his children so much. Magpaampong kay dyan. Nako, iPad ka agad, bukas. Okay. <laughs> so many parents would like to bless their children unconditionally. And that's how, that's the attitude of God and that's what God wants to give to us. But how come we're not experiencing it? Because there are certain conditions that need to be met for this abundance and for this goodness and grace to flow abundantly within your life. June, are you with me? There are conditions. Not on your own terms, guys. Oh God, huh? I'm, I'm attending Bible study. Oh God, huh? I'm already part of a D group. Okay? God, huh? I memorized Genesis to Revelation. Huh. God, huh? huh? You better bless me. Is that, is that the way you look at blessings? No, that's not the way God works. Not on your own terms, but on his godly terms. And when you understand this today, 
you will no longer say so near yet so far. You will break through. And like me, you will be a Jenga king. You know why I became a Jenga king? Because I believe in my God. And somebody was using the name of God in a different way. But I was just quiet. Lord, I cannot hold this, but you hold me. Timmy, you were there, right? It was this high, right? And it was shaking. And my hand was shaking too. How on earth would that happen? Because I believe in my heart, in all humility, in all humility, what did you say, Anna? In all humility, I think I've discovered the terms and the conditions upon which God will bless you. Once we accept this, you will see the greatness of God and you will be endless in your thanksgiving to Him. Is that an amen? amen? You'll be endless. You know, look at this. When God makes lemonade, oh, believe me, it's going to be delicious. You have lemons in your life? When God holds those lemons and converts that into a lemonade, you'll be so encouraged that this God is with you because He satisfies or you are satisfying the conditions and the terms. Let God make lemonade out of your lemons because He is the God who can cause all things to work together for good. Because He is the God who gives grace to you. He's capable of that. And you better believe it. So, it is actually quite simple and easy. Just be humble, not proud. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, right? God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Very simple. If you're proud, sorry. But I'm not proud. I'm better than you. But I'm not proud. Or, love God. Romans 8.28. And then, be Christ-like. Romans 8.29. This is just the summary of what I want to talk about. Look at that. Grace, favors, and merits we don't deserve. To the humble. He gives it to the humble. So the first condition is, don't be proud. Be humble. That's easy, right? No, that's not easy. But at least you know, oh, the first thing that I have to be qualified for is what? I need to practice humility. I need to cultivate humility. It's impossible, but I need to cultivate humility. At least I know that. 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6. If you have the time to read the whole passage, it's very nice. It says, clothe yourself with humility. As if, as if humility or humility is like a, a coat that you wear every day before you step out of the house. It says, clothe yourself with humility. You know, it's something that you can take off, actually. It's something that you can put on. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another, it says. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. I really like that. The condition upon which God will grace, will give you grace, and not just grace, by the way. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And I'm speaking to you from testimony, from experience. I've understood the blessings of God, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, beyond my wife. Honestly. Because I understood what the condition is. I have been a proud person myself, to be honest with you. And I never understood why God brought us to America. America is a great place, but we never planned on it. Many of you know how, how established we were in the Philippines. And how we didn't want to come. But God brought us here for a good reason. And I understood from my own personal reflection of my life, I really now understood or understand why God brought us to America. It is to humble me big time. Because until I understand humility, he will never be able to use me. And when I understood that, I started to experience what it means to have grace upon grace upon grace. 
Now, I'm speaking to you not as a completely humble person right now. I'm still a work in progress. But believe me, from where I was to where I am now, layo ko na. Marunong na ako maglinis ng kutsi. Marunong na ako mag... Okay? dami ko ng dinaanan. Inubos na ni God, so to speak. But I understood why He did it. Because He wants me to know the condition upon which grace, upon grace, upon grace can happen. So if you're seated here and you still are a proud person and you don't even know it, by the way, it's like B.O. You don't know it. Mayabang ba ako? Hindi. Until you come to grips with it, you will never be, experience, be able to experience this. What about this? What are the conditions of God causing all things to work together for good? Number one, those who love God. Ooh, do you love God? I don't know with you, but you can say yes to the heavens. But if you don't understand what it means to love God, you're not going to impress God. <laughs> Number two, those who are called according to his purpose. Oh, really? If you want God to cause all things to work together for good, young people, look at me. You have your future ahead of you. Young adults, you have plans, right? You're in school right now. You're planning to work. Adrian, you're planning to get married. I submit to you in all humility, unless you understand these two principles, God cannot cause all things to work together for good in your life. You have to be able to say, number one, I love God. And number two, hey, I am called according to his purpose. Really? Do you really know what you're talking about? Yeah. Question. How can you be them? Meaning, how can you be one and how can you be two? And as far as 1 Peter 5.5 5 is concerned, how can you be humble? And you know, you'd be amazed. Christianity is so simple. We're complicating it. But if we simplify it the way God wants us to simplify it, you will break through. Yeah, of course, there's Bible studies, there's discipleship, there's worship, there's everything. But at the end of the day, it is your day-to-day -day walk that matters, right? It is, your, it is your being able to love God and your understanding whether you're called according to His purpose. My question is this, can you be them or how can you be them one and two? Let's talk about number one. Do you love God? What does the Bible say about loving God? Yan. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Simple, di ba? Mike, if you tell me you love God and you're not obeying God, you don't love God. Don't tell God you love Him if you're not obeying everything that He tells you. Oh God, I obey 90% already. How many sin do you have to commit for God to send you to hell? One. Is one sin or disobedience pleasing to God? No. So, don't tell me you love God if you don't obey God in everything. But, 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 but God will understand that. I already obey 90%. Come on. Nobody's perfect. I'm a work in progress. You know what? Honestly, if you keep thinking that way and rationalizing it that way, you will never be able to cause all things to work together for God in your life. Rather, rather, you will not be able to make God cause all things to work together for good in your life. Trust me, you cannot, you cannot shortchange God. If you say you love God, you have to obey all. Young people, all. Parents, all. Wives, all. Husbands, all. All. Sino pa? All right, now, this is where the practical things come. You can be them through the Great Commission. Aba, advertising pala to. You know, you know, I understood all my life now how God wants to simplify everything for us. And you know, He gave us just one command before He left. It's the Great Commission. And I would like to tell you that you can learn how to love God and obey all through the Great Commission. Really? Yeah. What's the Great Commission? Ini, oh, ini. 
This is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Malipa, 19 pa yung Okay? What's the Great Commission? The Great Commission is this. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. You know all of this. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. And then look at verse 20. This is the part that we miss all the time. And you know, I miss this all my life. And when I discovered how important this is, I broke through. My, I'm no longer so near yet so far. I broke through. What does it say? Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. You know, you want, you want, you want to know and prove to God that you love God? Make disciples. What do you mean make disciples? You find someone and teach that someone to obey everything that God has commanded him. So if you're not teaching someone or you're not making disciples, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're shortchanging yourself. You're not in the position to be able to practice obeying all that God has commanded you. Do you hear me? I want you to be sharp this morning. There is something about the Great Commission that God said so that if you do it, He will bless you. He did not say it there for the sake of stating it there. He said it there very clearly. You want to prove to me you love God? Make disciples. Why, pastor? Because the Great Commission teaches you what? To have someone to teach. And when you teach someone to obey all, believe me, you will obey all yourself. How can you teach someone to obey all when you don't obey all yourself? Ah, now I understood that. That sounds very simple. What about number two? Those who are called according to his purpose. What is God's purpose? Verse 29. Look at verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image and likeness of his son. We've been talking about this for a long time, right? Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. If you are Christ-like, then, trust me, God will cause all things to work together for good in your life. And I know you like that. But you've been wondering, how come, Lord, I've been waiting for a long time? 40 na ako. Hindi pa siya dumarating. Subukan mo mag-disciple. Bukas lang nandyan na yan. Oh. Oh, sige. Dare, dare. Believe me. I dare you, right? If you have a husband who is, who is unfaithful, if you have a husband who is really difficult to deal with, or if you have a wife who is so unrespectful and disobedient, believe me, those of you try to make disciples. Isa lang. And teach that person to obey all. And I guarantee you, you'll be amazed. Your jaw will drop because in no time, God will make all things work together for good in your life. Amen? Be Christ-like. Simply. Simply will you be Christ-like? What is Christ-likeness? You know, for the last 12 months, I've been teaching people to be Christ-like. In Canada, three cities. In the U.S., and all of the disciples that I've been teaching here, you know who you are. I've been trying to explain to you what Christ-likeness is. And Christ-likeness is actually very simple. It's found in Philippians 2, 3 to 8. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I've memorized this. And I recite this every day of my life, if possible. Philippians 2, 3 to 8. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests or for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus, who although existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of man. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Guys, if you memorize that, you will become Christ-like. Honestly, if you don't even bother, why will you become Christ-like? What is Christ-likeness? Selfless humility. If you want God to cause all things to work together for good in your life, love Him. How do you love Him? 
obey him. How do you obey him? Be humble and be Christ-like. You'll be able to obey him. They're all connected. Wow, I said, yam pala yun. You know, and then, you can be them, meaning number two, Christ-like, through the Great Commission again. Really? Oh, balikan natin yung Great Commission. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Nandun na naman. Guys, why can you not obey one command? Tell me. Because you're selfish. <laughs> because you're proud. Ay, lugi ako dyan. Submit to your husband in everything. Ay, lugi ako dyan. Hindi pwede yan. Ang, hindi mo kilalang husband ko, pastor. Hmm. Ang husband ko, nangaabuso yan. Oh, patay na. Diba? You don't even believe. Love your wives unconditionally. Ay, hindi mo kilala asawa ko, pastor. Ang laki niya ngayon eh. Pastor. Hirap, pastor. Ang lakas gumastos, pastor. No? Yung income ko, kapiraso lang, pero oh, kulang, pastor. How can I love that person? Sabi nga sa'yo, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Ah, may disciple ako ngayon, pastor. Si Mike. Mike, ano problema mo? Si Paula, hindi ako sinusunod eh. Oh, mahalin mo pa rin. Tapos ako, tuturuan ko siya when I'm not doing it myself. How can I possibly effective in teaching Mike to obey everything when I myself am not obeying everything? The moment you make disciples, God will speak to you and say, Oy, ikaw muna. I understood. Ganon pala yun. Akala ko trabaho. Bakit ba niya binigay, oh? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Andito pa, araw-araw nakikita natin. Hindi naman natin sinusunod. Why? Because we don't know. Yung pala ang key, what? For God to cause all things to work together for good. And if God causes all things to work together for good in your life every day, believe me, you'll be thankful every day. Inayos ni God yung wife mo, bait-bait. Thank you, Lord. Nakong galing mo talaga. Dumating si Prince Charming. Gwapo-gwapo. 45 na ako. Nakong gwapo. Thank you, Lord. Okay? Tep, okay lang ba? <laughs> ah. Ah. Question! Question, question. Are you, guys, again, huh? if you want God to cause all things to work together for good, and if you want God to give you grace upon grace upon grace, my question to you is, are you making disciples really according to the Great Commission? Here is the Great Commission. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. The Great Commission. What am I doing? Yeah, the Great Commission. Discipleship, the Great Commission way. Look at the parts. First part is what? Baptizing them. That's easy, right? We have so many Christians all around us already. Right here in this hall, there are so many people who have been baptized. Say amen. amen. But right here in this hall, there are so many people who are not obeying everything yet. Say amen. amen. That's what we need to do. Number two teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded you. How can I teach everything to Alvin if I'm not spending time with Alvin? That's why I'm playing golf with him. Dalawayan. Share the gospel, and that's easy. I think we have, we're so effective in sharing the gospel. But yung pangalawa, dun tayo nahihirapan. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And who's supposed to teach that to someone? Kayo. So if you don't have anyone that you're teaching right now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're so near, yet so far. God wants to make all things work together for good, but on his condition and on his terms. You want to prove you love God? Teach someone to obey all and you'll be able to obey all yourself. And God will say, hmm, I see you now. Now I will bless you. 
Hmm, you're being Christ-like now. Now I will make all things work together for good. Intentional. Spending time with someone. Parents, it's like spending time with your children. Why are you teaching your children something? Because you want them to experience the good life. You want them to proceed in their life with a way where they will be blessed, where they will be right. And that's the kind of discipleship that we're looking for and we're asking you to do. I am speaking from the heart because I discovered that that's what it takes for God to cause all things to work together for good. And you know what? The promise of the Great Commission is what you and I do not see in a big, big way. What's the promise of the Great Commission? And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, I don't know. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Do you realize what it means to have Christ with you all the time? You, you keep saying that, but you don't experience it. You know why? Because for Christ to be with you all the time, you have to start making disciples. You have to teach someone to obey. You have to share the gospel and you have to teach someone to obey. And you know what? If you're not doing it and you're saying, oh, uh, it's not for me. It's only for the pastors. It's only, you know what? I don't, think, I don't think the Great Commission is for everyone. You're wrong. If you want God to bless you and you want to be thankful every day of your life, believe me, this is the secret. Remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It's a huge, huge promise. That was my intro, and my message will begin now. Okay? Ito message ko. Mag-disciple ka talaga. Magkakagrasya ka talaga, Brad. Okay? Mag-disciple ka talaga. Yun talaga. Teaching them to obey all. Right? Magkakagrasya ka. Magpapasalamat ka talaga sa dami ng grasya mo always. You know? <clears throat> Making disciples brings continuing goodness and grace. Why? Because if you make disciples, Jesus is with you. But you say, matanda na ako eh. I'm already 85. Is it still okay for me? But I'm too young. Believe me, there's no age limit or age qualification for making disciples. Nakalagay ba dyan? Nakalagay ba dito? Go and make disciples only when you're 50? When, you're, when you've memorized the Bible or when you've finished the group or when you've finished GLC? Wala! Sinasabi niya, go make disciples. Because, guys, I understood. Whatever situation you are in your Christian life, when you make disciples, you will grow the most. And when you grow the most, you will see how much you love God and how much you're growing in humility and Christ-likeness. And then you will see the hand of God move in your life that you've never seen before. And you will say, God, gusto ko to. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you will say thank you forever. Am I making sense? You know, you may not be making disciples right now, but it's not too late. Believe me. Make disciples brings continuing goodness and grace, making you thankful always. I stand before you today. I stand before you today as one more grateful and thankful person than ever. I really wanted to share my personal story with you because for the last 12 months, I finally discovered, imagine I've been a pastor for such a long time and God revealed to me only in the last 12 months what I've been missing all my life. You know what? Only when I started making disciples intentionally, I thought I was making disciples already. I was preaching, I was teaching, I was preaching, I was teaching, I was leading a small group, etc., etc. But you know, Pastor Insong, I did not realize I was not teaching the person to obey everything. How can I teach a person to obey everything if I don't spend time with the person intentionally? I discovered that yung palayon. And when I started to do that, faithfully, according to the Great Commission, one and two, baptizing them, sharing the gospel with them, and then teaching them to obey everything. I started to experience the goodness of God. 
I went to Manila last month and I loved everything that I did. I've been in Manila many times. I, I go there for two or three weeks or even a month. Ginagawa ko, kain, golf, party. Kain, golf, party. Tumataba ako. You know. But this time, I don't know. God was just so good. I went to Manila because, number one, somebody gave me a plane ticket to go there. Isn't that God causing all things to work together for good already? I told God, God, okay to. I will try to spend time with my mom because my mom is like 86 years old. And anytime she can go. I wrote everything that happened in the 28 days I was there. Honestly. From, from Friday I arrived, Saturday, etc., etc. And believe me, everything was orchestrated by God. I've never been to Manila and did so much discipleship and teaching and, and encouraging to people. I've never been to Manila so full with the way God has used me. Almost every single opportunity was an opportunity to share the gospel, but I wasn't forcing it. God was just bringing people, putting me in a situation, and I felt really blessed. There was a time when I even remembered my boss, one of my boss, who blessed me with so many things in the Philippines. And I said, oh, I told my friend, do you have his number? I said, I need his number. I want to I wanna text him and say I'm here. So I texted him and said, hey, boss, I'm here. Um, I would like to see you. And then he responded, you're here? Wow, I'm glad to know you're here. Do you need help? Do you have a car? I said, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I cannot send you a driver, but I can send you a car. And then I texted back, please, pagpandala mo ko ng kotse, wag yung gas gasler, ha? Kasi mahal, ang gasolina rito. No, I will send you a car and I'm gonna give you even a gas fleet card. Woo, okay? Pag gisyo kinabukasan, meron na montero na itim. Okay? That never happened to me in my entire life while I was there. Right? And then, one thing led to another. You know, I, I could just not contain myself. Sinasabi ko, Lord, ito pala yun, ano? Ito pala yung, you will cause all things to work together for good in my life. At every turn, God was blessing me. Honestly, I could not contain myself. And I said, God, if this is what you mean by making disciples, I'm going to make disciples all the rest of my life. Because this is what it means to be blessed. And this is what it means to have you work together for good in my life. 28 days. And I counted the times that I really was able to minister to people. 17 days. Wow, almost half. I was really trying to help people and understand. For the first time, I was able to talk to my sister and his, her fiance. And from out of nowhere, they decided that I'll be the one to marry them. And then my brother, my brother who's been a serious, you know what I mean, RC for all his life, he approached me and we were together one day on my last trip. He said, I don't know what's happening to me. Why is my life like this? I was able to share, I was able to pray, and that only happened in the last trip that I have when I've been going to Manila all this time without understanding what it means to make disciples. Is God good or what? Tell me, you know? I'm sharing with you. I'm, I, I'm always gonna look at you. Those of you who are having challenges right now and you don't seem to see where God is going and where God is working, try making disciples. And I'm gonna look at you in the eye, try God. God will never fail you. Because when God says, love me and be Christ-like and be humble, not proud, I'm going to give grace to you until you're overflowing and you cannot even thank me endlessly for it. I was just floored. And I said, Lord, I need to share this to the people. Pastor Inson gave me a thankfulness message. So I said, okay, I'm going to share this, but only in the light of what God has been teaching me. It is actually quite simple and easy. Just grow to be humble and not proud. 1 Peter 5.5 5. Just love God. Romans 8.28 And be Christ-like. How do you do that? Guys, there's no other way except through intentional discipleship. You can wish. You can pray all you want. But until you make disciples, you will never be one, two, three. And I'm challenging you. I'm, I, I'm standing before you right now as one of your pastors. If God is speaking to you and God wants you to try something, that will really cause him to work together for good. 
And for, for Him to bless you with graces upon grace that you've never experienced before. Try. Make one disciple. Try to teach that person. And that person may not just be beside you. Husbands, it can be your wife. Wives, it can be your children. It can be your office mate. They're, they're just all around you. You're just not aware of it. And all you have to do is to pray, Lord, here I am. I want to do this. I want to grow. And I want to make disciples. Because I want you to be with me always. Even to the end of the age. And believe me, you will be <laughs> not masungit. Okay? But you will look really like this. Ang ganda-ganda. Okay? Because you are grateful. Right? Amen. Thankfulness is being humble. Pride slays thanksgiving. But a humble mind is the soil out of which thanks grow naturally. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. How true is that? Being humble is being Christ-like. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, but I want to change this. I want you to start knowing the goodness of God so that you can be grateful every day.